Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, a nice long chat with our friend Ken Weeb of Sportsnet. We talk about the effect the expansion draft will have on not just the Jets, but all the teams in the NHL in this weird, unprecedented season we're about to have. And we'll talk other hockey things with Ken on the podcast. We welcome in our guest on the show tonight, and that is our friend Ken Weeb from Sportsnet. Ken, how are you doing tonight? I am excellent, Christian. Thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Do you get the feeling that we're getting really close to having a good idea of what a 2021 season is going to look like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Some nice developments since the last time we chatted. Uh, Seems as though things are progressing. Uh, Obviously, uh, sounds like there's still a few uh, (laughs) a few eyes and T's, eyes to get dotted, T's to get crossed, but. sounding more and more like uh, players will be arriving back in town and getting ready for a training camp uh, that should start just in the early stages of the new year. And uh, if the virus allows, uh, you know, starting the 56-game schedule uh, as early as January 13th. So uh, definitely some positive developments, uh, but work to be done still. But I would say uh, I, I, along with many people, would be encouraged about uh, the developments of the last uh, two or three days here, that's for sure. Did you roll your eyes, though, at all at the fact that it was like a month of, oh, revenue this and escrow that, and in the end, they didn't change anything? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, normally I would say yes, probably, and I, I think that there was a little bit of, uh, you know, negotiation and fatigue uh, dating back to, uh, I know we're both baseball fans, I think, that nobody wanted to have a uh, long and protracted squabble over money in the midst of a pandemic, but... Uh, I think it's important to remember that we're dealing with uh, extraordinary circumstances uh, on both sides. And I mean, it's been an awfully long time uh, for a lot of players. I mean, imagine being a member of the New Jersey Devils and not having played since March 12th. I mean, now you're, (laughs) now you're, you're conceivably looking at an extent. I mean, players want to play. I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, These players are wired to be competing at the highest level and, and chasing a Stanley Cup, and no matter uh, how much physical and mental training uh, those guys have been doing since March, I mean, uh, it's a long time to, to try to stay at a peak uh, peak condition. So uh, I, I think it was always going to be a matter of time, but uh, I mean, certainly, I mean, the other thing to consider too is, I mean, there are, in the original return to play back in, in July, I mean, there are, there are other issues that, I mean, if, if there's not a 50 50, uh, I mean, there will be a 50 50 split. Uh, there's the potential of the seventh year being, uh, you know, put into play under the current agreement uh, in year seven, which would have to get some of that money going back the other direction without getting too uh, into too much lawyer ease. Uh, the owners do have some protection, but I think it's a matter of, uh, you know, the players just didn't want to have any more deferrals or added on escrow. But at the end of the day, we know it's a 50-50 partnership, and I think that's why both both sides uh, wanted to make sure they got things done uh, as quickly as possible and, and got into a season that is going to be at least uh, somewhere in that neighborhood of 56 games, again, virus permitting. And I think both sides recognize the the fact that this season is, is going to be tough. There are going to be a lot of financial hits that teams are going to take. The fact that it's a shorter season, there's still no fans. Short term, it it's going to hurt, but I think for the long-term health, they recognize that having some kind of season is better than having no season at all. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that, that stretches uh, onto the business side quite deeply, whether that's uh, corporate partnerships or, you know, the fact that the uh, TV deal in the United States uh, expires at the end of, ne- of this coming season. And there would be some, you know, prospective additional revenue coming in, uh, potentially by having other partners join NBC on that side. I mean, we know that the things in Canada are, are fairly stable on that national uh, front for a considerable amount of time but uh, I mean when it comes to new revenues we know there is an expansion team the Seattle Kraken that will join the fold uh, you know come 2021-22 so uh, there will be more revenues so that the you know the, the ability to mitigate the losses this year I think uh, would, would overcome uh, a lot of the potential issues and the downsides of not having a season at all that's for sure I mean as you mentioned uh, some season is better than no season and I mean, for us in Canada, we're fortunate. I mean, the the, the, the you know prospective all Canadian division. I mean, man, that's uh, there's a lot of excitement uh, to be had for that. Uh, we know we know what it's like in a normal season when there are fans. There are uh, you know there's a lot of interest in some of those original six teams coming through town more than once a year. I mean, we know that fans will not be able to attend, at least not at the beginning. But uh, the prospect of you know the Jets and uh, Canadians and the Jets and Maple Leafs playing, you know, upwards of, of you know, eight to ten times. I think that would have a lot of people uh, fired up about the, the potential for that, that's for sure. And, and never mind, the, you know, the renewal of the old Smite Division rivalries. Now, you mentioned Seattle. That offers us a nice transition into uh, something you've been working on with your colleague, Sean Reynolds, about looking ahead to the next summer when the Seattle expansion draft is going to happen. And we've talked a little bit about this before, Ken, just about how it's kind of sneaking up on us and it is an absolute thing that teams are preparing for right now. Do you think the, the slowness of free agency right now has anything to do with that? Or is that just more so a function of the fact that we're still in a pandemic? Yeah. I mean, I think it does, it does have have an impact on the free agency in general and the ability to make some of the trades. I mean, Mike Hoffman is probably a guy who would like a multi-year deal, but, uh, if you're a team that A, has cap issues and B, has seven forwards you're already planning on protecting, I mean, you're probably not in a situation where you're going to want to offer Mike Hoffman the no-movement protection that he might want as a you know, perennial 25-30 goal scorer. So, I mean, I think it is, an, it is a factor for a lot of teams, uh, including the Jets. I and mean, we've talked about the defense a lot and Again, I think the Jets' defense is going to be better and perform better than some other observers do. But, I mean, going out and signing a guy to a two-year deal or trading for someone with term on their contract, now that leaves you with a, with a big question mark of whether you're going to be protecting um, Dylan DeMello or Neil Pionk next, uh, next summer when Seattle was looking at, uh, you know, filling out their own team. And we know the Jets did a good job of, of managing some of those potential landmines last time around where, you know, yes, they had to get Toby Enstrom to uh, agree to waive his no movement clause, but then the Jets had the side deal that he wouldn't be taking. I mean, it did cost them moving down 11 spots in the first round and, you know, the potential to have a guy like Nick Suzuki come in. Uh, they still got Christian Veselainen, who we know is still a you know very good prospect and the Jets were very high on him anyway, but, and it did cost them the third round pick, but they didn't lose any, roster players, whereas a team like Florida lost two-thirds of their top line in Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault. So, uh, I mean, interesting times ahead. We know the biggest decision for the Jets will come up front. Uh, and again, a lot of that will have to do with what happens with Patrick Laine and you know, also what they do with Adam Lowry. Does he get an extension 
before next summer, uh, before he could potentially become a UFA for the first time, or do they wait it out, or you know what what else happens? I mean, Jack Rossovic is the other player that that would be in a, an interesting spot there, and Andrew Kopp is a year away from unrestricted free agency after next season as well. So, for me, I guess it would come down to probably two of the three of those guys being around. But there's a big but at the end of that. That's depending on what happens with Patrick Liney. Why isn't Jack Rossovic signed for this year yet? Yeah, you know, I, I understand that, that that question is something I get on social media quite regularly, Christian. And uh, how I would, would remind people is that uh, you know last last year he Jack Rossovic is in a very similar situation to what Kyle Connor and Patrick Liney were both in last year. Uh, you know, guys coming out of entry-level deals without arbitration rights. Uh, the player doesn't have a lot of leverage, and that's not a knock on Rosovic. We know that Jack Rosovic is coming off a career-high season, uh, had a solid year. I think he showed a considerable improvement, but this is just one of those situations where I think now that we know that we're getting closer to training camp, I don't see Rosovic being out of training camp the way that Line and Connor were, but there just hasn't really been a real impetus to get the deal done. The other part of that equation is that the Jets are already over the salary cap. So I think a guy like Rossovic is looking at a deal similar to what Jordan Greenway signed. If he goes with the two-year route, um, it'll be a reasonable number, but uh, I don't have any concerns about a deal getting done. And I mean, but the other part of that equation is if Jack Rossovic is a guy the Jets are looking to move uh, as, in a potential way to upgrade their back end, um, I'm not sure if the the team that would want to be doing the trading for Rossovic would want the security of him having been signed or get him signed on their own terms. So, I mean, that, that would be the other maybe potential complication. But uh, I don't see it as a front-burner issue. I think that uh, Jack Rossovic's situation will be sorted out here sometime in the next, uh, let's say, three weeks, uh, three or four weeks. And, I mean, I, I still think that the other part of that is if the Jets eventually have to trade Line A, I don't think they necessarily want to trade Rossovic and Line in the same 12-month calendar span. I mean, if Line is eventually moved, then there would potentially be that opportunity that Rossovic has been searching for in the top six. So there's a little bit of give and take on a lot of the, uh, a couple of bouncing balls in the air, I guess, if you will. Well, and part of this is looking at who they can protect right now in the expansion draft, right? Morrissey, DeMello, Pionk are your three defensemen. They do the seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie protection scheme for sure. Hellebuck the goalie, and then Wheeler has to be protected. Shifley, Connor, Ehlers you're going to protect. If Liney's still here, they'll protect him. Uh, Cop, I would say, they'd want to protect. And then you look at, okay, Roslovic, Harkins, Appleton, Lowry. They've got options, but... I remember when the conversations were being had in 2017 and we're all like, Enstrom, Enstrom, Enstrom. And when they announced Thorburn was taken, we're like, wait, what? Thorburn? How did they, how did that happen? And so something that we may never see coming might end up being what they actually do. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where that side deal came into place. I mean, Toby Enstrom was open to be taken, but the side deal was the Jets moved down in the the draft and Vegas chose the 13 and they also got a third round pick in uh, 2019. So, there could be a side deal. I mean, and the other thing that I mentioned is the possibility, both in, in a recent mailbag and in, in my, you know, in our hit with Sean. I mean, I, I think that, strange as it may sound, uh, the Seattle Kraken could be a team that's in a position to make an offer for Patrick Line. And again, I understand that it seems a little bit rational to think that a team that currently has no players 
would be able to come up with a package enticing enough for the Jets to move him. But let's not forget the Vegas Golden Knights also got a future number one defenseman, Shea Theodore, uh, in one of their, you know, in the expansion draft side deal as well. So uh, the thing with Seattle, they will not be handcuffed with a lot of the salary cap woes that so many of the other teams are going to be dealing with in a flat cap, uh, economically challenged season. So for them, if you're looking at a depressed market in some ways, this might be a, an opportunity for them to bring in a marquee player at a reasonable cost that will in turn, they would be the kind of team that has the financing to pay Patrick Liney on a lucrative long-term deal that he'll be looking for. So, again, I'm not saying it's a lock by any stretch of the imagination. I just think that uh, the Jets would be wise to wait until the end of this season to, to at least have Seattle as a team in the fold that, that could make things interesting, whether that's upping the offer for someone else or, or for Seattle to make an offer that they can't refuse either because they'll have the means to be able to pay him long-term. So, But as you know, my primary uh, mode for Patrick Liney would be, I mean, the best the best place Keep for Patrick him. Liney, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, is to have it's him Winnipeg. play for the Winnipeg Jets. So. Yeah. Uh, just again, with all this time on our hands, it's important to look at the crystal ball, but right. I mean, my view hasn't changed on that at all. I think that that's how they, uh, young and talented player that they're a bit, they're a better team when Patrick Lani is on that team. So whatever differences there, there may be having, I think there's, there's time to sort those out. And, uh, at the end of the day, I think the jets and Patrick Lani can still find a way to have a long-term future together, but, uh, there's some things to smooth over. That's for sure. I find it very interesting, Ken, just from uh, someone who likes hockey, right? You've got this, first of all, before the pandemic, this was going to be an interesting offseason with the Seattle situation because you had so many teams that, let's be fair, got fleeced by Vegas by, go in that 2017 expansion draft. It's the same rules for this one coming up, and people were probably going to, GMs were going to say, all right, we're not going to let that happen again. So maybe Seattle won't get as fair a shake as Vegas got. But then you've got the pandemic. And as you mentioned, there are teams that are going to be like, okay, this takes care of an issue for us if you take this guy off our hands. So the Seattle Kraken have a chance to be very bold potentially coming up this summer. Yeah, they really do. And, and the other thing that I wrote about is that, you know, the lesson that we've learned from the Vegas school, the Knights, they handled, you know, the expansion draft and their side deals expertly as it was, but I mean, outside of Marc-Andre Fleury, who immediately became the face of the franchise and was a Stanley Cup winner, their star players were acquired either via trade, like Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, or in free agency, like Alex Petrangelo was this past, uh, you know, summer, fall, whatever you want to call it. So, Paul Stastny. Well, there you go. I mean, that, that's the other thing. So, uh, for me, I, I, that's why I have to say, I think that they can... Will Seattle want to be patient? Will they want to push their chips in immediately? I mean, that's the other part of, of Vegas, that they set such a high bar by reaching the Stanley Cup final in their first year. I don't think the expectation for the folks running the Seattle Kraken is that it's make the Stanley Cup or bust by any stretch of the imagination, but they will have an opportunity to be a little bolder because they have a little, so much more financial flexibility in comparison to so many of the teams that thought the salary cap uh, by next season would be potentially in that 87 to $90 million range. Now it's a flat cap for sure. So 
Uh, I mean, we're looking at what's going to happen with the middle class of player. I mean, there's already been a slow on that, or you know, it's, that's already slowed to a trickle in a lot of ways. But man, there's opportunity there for sure, and I expect. Uh, I mean, we know that Seattle has been very progressive when it comes to their hiring uh, of their operations, and I expect Ron Francis to to take a couple of bold swings uh, in in either side deals or in the expansion draft itself. And as you mentioned, I mean, some teams will be more than happy to get rid of a bigger ticket contract, but not all teams fall in that category. But that's why the, you know, the, the full economic impact, we know it's going to be hard for all NHL teams, but the, the full, the full magnitude is still not yet known. And that won't be known until basically, uh, you know, at least probably three quarters to at least then until potentially till the end of the season. So the next 24 months in the NHL are, to me, going to be absolutely fascinating. Absolutely, Ken, and it's fun to know that the next time you'll be on the show, we'll probably have a lot more fine details of the 2021 season to talk about. Appreciate you coming on. As always, Ken, stay safe. My pleasure, Christian. Same to you, and enjoy the rest of the show here. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow! If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?